Rad Radio presents the Rad Probcast. Get it? It's a podcast hosted by a guy named Rob. So it's a Probcast. Very clever. And now, here's your host, a guy named Rob. My guest today on the uh, Probcast is uh, Deputy Lacey Nelson, who made a splash in her first appearance on the Rad Radio Show. God, that was what? Law Enforcement Appreciation Day two years ago? Uh, maybe. No, it was 2020, I think. I don't think it was no. 2020. Was maybe it 2020? Was, maybe it was no. the end of 19. It was. Yeah. It was the very first time you were on. It yeah, was, it was, was the end of 19. Yep, I'm getting a nod from the producers in the other room. Time flies. It was, it actually was early 2019. Because Law Enforcement Appreciation Day is like May or something like that. No, because I got into that unit. Don't you in tell September. me no. Listen here, Rob. <laughs> it, you it look it up. To, look, it you had, look it up in there. You look it up because it had to be the end of 19. No, 20. no, it did not have to be because you were you were the very first time you're on. Weren't you on for law enforcement appreciation? Day? And don't you know what that date is? Yeah, I know that. I you're know in I was, law enforcement. Mm-hmm, I know <laughs> this is going to be fun, Rob. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> yeah. you know, you literally asked to do this. I did. Mm-hmm. You're right. No, um, I'm interested now, Brandon. No, we had Brandon in the other Brandon's in the other room and he's going to come running in and What's he's going to make his first appearance on the probcast. By, by, it was January 9th of 2020. Oh! I lose. All right. Oh, you were more right. You were way more right. It's all right. Oh, don't. You're not supposed to deliver the information when it makes me look bad. All right. So that was the first time you were on. You were on again later. But but that very first time you were on, you uh, you guys were only going to be on for an hour at most. Mm -hmm. And then everybody loved having you on and we couldn't get rid of you and you didn't want to leave. No, we had so much fun. I think it was a highlight for me. It was and it was so great. And it was also just, I loved watching you as people would call her right in. And, and it's so weird that that was before mm-hmm. George Floyd and everything else. But, right. but they would call her right in and they would, they would ask you questions or they would sometimes get a little like, eh, not so much like in the cops thing. And you always had this way of saying, hey, first of all, remember, that's not me. And that doesn't reflect all cops. And you, I mean, you're a master, it seems like, at. I don't want to say manipulating, but it turning negatives into positives. Yeah, definitely not a manipulation. I think that what people want these days is vulnerability, honesty, just to be heard, you know, for somebody to listen to their perspective. And that's the same for me. And, um, you know, like I, I say to people, um, when I'm at work, I look a certain way because of the clothes I'm wearing. And then when I leave, I'm just like everyone else. I just want to go home and be happy and do the things that make me happy and fulfill me. So we're all just people. And and when you are out on the streets, when you're out on patrol, can you implement that approach? Because you're dealing usually often with really bad people. I do every time. Yes, I do every time. I, I definitely implement personal and just who I am on a on a human level with people that I interact with. It doesn't always work though, right? No, it doesn't. No. How do you how do you know where that where in your mind when you're interacting with somebody and let's say let's make them a shady character maybe you even have background as to know well they've got a past or whatever how do you know okay my approach of i've tried the honesty i've tried the respect thing at what point do you know uh it's not going it's not going that way i think you start to figure out pretty quickly if somebody's going to listen to you you know and at that point i just get quiet and listen to them they want to be heard fine you don't have to hear what i have to say but either way we're going to have to deal with one another for a little bit. So how are we going to do that? And at some point, I mean, I'm sure you know, you just not you're not going to get through to everyone. 
And so- well, yeah, and, and it's going to resolve itself in in the manner that the police officer wants it to. Is my experience doing a lot of ride-alongs? I mean, the minute you said there's a lot of people who don't want to listen to you, I, I started laughing because I can't tell you how many times I'm, I've thought mm-hmm. after doing a few, I'm like, okay, this is not going to go the way it should. Because you're, you're so you're right. I mean, doing ride-alongs, I've seen the history and I can write it, so I can imagine. Because you're, how many people do you interact with in a day when you're on patrol? I mean, maybe a hundred. You really? know, it, it depends on the calls for service, the, the time of year. Is it raining? Is it warm? But yeah, tons of people all day, even if it's not a call. I'm just standing in a in a gas station, just getting something to drink and cooling off a little bit. You know, people still come in and interact with you, see you. You uh, you seemed last time we talked to love being a cop. Do you still? Oh, absolutely. Uh, even in this environment of nationally, and do you feel it locally? The the is it is is the environment negative or positive overall for you? You know, it, it, I think it depends on the day, circumstance, situation, but um, I, I always said when I got into this business that if if the day came that I didn't like it anymore, that I would find something else to do because it's not safe to not like it. You so have to like it. that actually perfectly leads me into why you're here for a variety of reasons, because um, while the audience knows you as a cop first, mm-hmm. you're branching out into all sorts of directions. And and when I, when I got your email and I started hearing about everything you were doing, and, and actually I... I heard about the first thing first. Is she leaving, becoming a cop? Is that, I mean, are you, you're, you sound like you're still committed to being a cop. I love it every single day. And, and right now I'm on a modified duty. I got injured in January on a call. So way to go. Yeah. I know. What happened? Was it your fault? Can you tell us anything? No, but you Any know, juicy a, details. It's a contact sport. You know? <laughs> being a cop is a contact sport. So, you know, sometimes it happens. I'm lucky that I didn't get too seriously injured, but um, I still go to work every single day with a smile on my face. I'm happy to be there. Um, and yes, I am here on a personal level. Everything that I that I say here in today's podcast with you is not a reflection of my department, but just on a personal level, things that I've experienced and what I'm doing. So um, last year after the very unfortunate um, George Floyd incident, and it's so political, I'm not going to go into it, but um, my opinions and beliefs on that are just uh, that of disgust. Okay. The whole situation. I got so frustrated with that. And a mentor told me, you need one thing to run for any office, whether that's like PTA president, your kid's school, or to be the president. And the one thing that you need to have is that you need to be pissed off enough about what's happening. And, um, I, I am, I was last year. I I got to this place where um, I respect the title of our California state governor, but um, I am not in the same boat as Mr. Gavin Newsom. And my frustration with how our state is being run led me to either, am I going to move out of California like everyone else? (laughs) And I don't know if people know this, but under Gavin Newsom's um, governorship, more people have left California during his time in office than have come into California. And so I thought, no, I'm not leaving this state. I love this state. I was born and raised here. It's beautiful. I love Sacramento. What am I going to do to change it instead of um, just being pissed and leaving? And that is I decided to run for local office. And you won. I won my first seat. Yeah. So So. why did you pick the office you picked? You know, I went in and and had a conversation with uh, Supervisor Sue Frost for Sacramento County and she's just a fantastic mentor and person overall and then I met with Gary Bradford and he's the county supervisor up in uh, Yuba County and there was a list of things that I could run for or put in for to just get started in politics and none of those things grabbed me it was like you know uh, 
great little offices, little little positions and stuff. I wanted something more um, with more influence and say in what's happening in my local community. So uh, it turns out that the Olivehurst Public Utility District, it's called OPUD, but people might um, be able to attest it to SMUD. So Sacramento's version of utility district, that's ours up in Yuba County. So I thought, let's give it a shot. It's a it's an actual election. It's a campaign. You Did know, you know what the job was if you got it? Or are you just like, I just need to become an elected official? No, I knew. I looked into it. Well, what, what the hell is the job? Okay, so utility district actually does more than just what people think utilities, right? Don't you do manhole covers? We, yeah, we can do manhole covers. Uh, parks, which is which is great. I'm on the parks committee for that. Um, any issues, you know, and I have found it's funny when, when there's an issue with something and you're responsive to the people you serve, you are their go to. Right. So and I tr- and I try to live by that being responsive to them. So whether they contact me on Facebook or Instagram or by text or email, I'm constantly getting flooded with stuff. And um you know, that's great. I'm glad they know they can turn to me. Hey, this park has a problem with the swings. This park's grass is getting is dying, you know. But the other part of um, having this position is, you know, there's the Hard Rock Casino now up there, which is huge and getting bigger. And so this position allows me some say on infrastructure, what's coming into our community, what's getting built um, over time. And I'm so glad to hear you even get that kind of interaction with the public because maybe i'm just jaded or whatever because i think oh there's a problem with the park near my house i mean well you know nobody's going to do anything about it and i don't even think to contact a local official do, do do you find with the other people you work like is that normal or are most local politicians pretty responsive or are you the outlier you know i don't know um i never contacted an official either for an <laughs> issue at a park right but um i, I think I have said from day one, um, you know, and my ultimate goal in politics is for to run for governor in 2034. So I'm not anywhere near ready yet. I have a lot to learn, a lot to experience. I need to run for seats like Senate, maybe Congress, something of that, you know, really get my foot in the door. And um, but if somebody contacts me on a personal level, and I mean, obviously, as I get bigger in politics, I can't respond to everyone. But overall, my goal is to stay as responsive to the people as I can, not just have an assistant respond to them, but me respond to them, because I think that goes a long way. They voted for me. They trusted in me. They got me into this seat. So why am I going to have somebody else do my job? So you you are literally very comfortable saying out loud that you have a now 13 year goal of running to be the state governor of California. Correct. And that you're going to spend the next 13 years how to be a better politician. I'm going to work on it. Yes. That's very lofty. And pretty ballsy, although not surprising, coming from from you. Right now, you do. You, what do you envision that looks like? I mean, I mean, I know you're going to take the time, the 13 years, and, and all those steps you mentioned to 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 learn about it. Mm-hmm. But right now, what do you envision being the governor of California looks like? You know, it's um, 13 years is not a long time when you're talking about running for a state office like that, and it's not something that I thought. You know what? I think I'm going to run next term. You know, next year, it's not going to work that way. It is a 13 year plan, if not the following election four years later. So I'm 36, you know, um, by the time I'm 50 or mid 50s, I'm running. And and I think that's a good long term goal. And to be able to get our state back to a place where it's truly something that people want to move into our state and live and flourish and thrive and create businesses and raise families and know that they're going to be safe and protected under the law, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Okay. So if, if you live in Oak Park where I grew up or you live in Thousand Oaks, California, and you know, you're a millionaire, 
everybody has the right to be protected with the same level of respect and laws that we can provide for them. And to have a leader in our state that truly stands up for the people, with the people, by the people, and it's not somebody you never see. It's not somebody you have to worry about what they're doing when you're not looking at them. They're living with the utmost integrity that they can because they got elected to that position. And that's my goal. How uh, the twenty thirty four thing, was it was it just random in terms of, okay, I can do math, 2022, 26, 30, like 34 made the most sense? Or is there a reason why 2034 was the targeted year? No, it makes the most sense on a long-term um, kind of investment, I guess I can say, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my master's program. So I started that a year ago just to further educate myself and get better in my position in long term. And um, I'm kind of toying with the idea of starting my doctorate degree as soon as a master's done. Jeez. Yeah. I'm already tired tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I want to be the best in the best position that I can be to run, to be educated enough to know what I'm doing. Um, you know, it gives me 13 years to hopefully next election cycle, I can maybe run for state senate or even a congressional seat. You mean 2022? No, four years. From, four years. Yeah. So 2026 or 24. Do we do off year elections in here? I, I can't remember how everything works with California and I've I done it in the national over. stuff. So the, the gubernatorial, if the recall, whatever happens to the recall, the gubernatorials is 22 and then 26 30 34 so you're thinking 26 yeah yeah because my state level my seat with oput is a four-year term and i'm committed to that i'm not so well every politician says they're committed to their seat and then they just turn around and 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 they just run for the next one well get used to a different face and a different set of standards well that was going to be another one of my questions um your your process of this 13-year plan of then getting into state government heading towards the governor's office how do you anticipate maintaining this level of credibility, ethics, uh, and and so, because what we hear is the I mean polit- politics as a career you got to sell your soul at some point you you have to become something else you have to become beholden to people with money corporations or whatever organizations you're going to align yourself with and pretty soon you either lose your soul you lose yourself you're not really making the decisions that you would make how in the world do you avoid that. Um, if I can't be my true ethical self, then I just find something else to do. Because I think that is a problem in our politics today. And I think people are tired of voting for that. People are tired of being led by that. And people have said that, that I've mentors that I've spoken to, you know, at some point, you're gonna have to decide whether you want to run a dirty campaign or a clean one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not interested in the dirty. If I have to run it that dirty, then I'm not running. It's just if that's what people want to vote for, then they can have what's always been and what continues to be, which is a problem. And if people are ready for that change, if they're truly ready for that change, then then here I am. Um, I'm going to run my campaign based on what I'm good at, what I can do, my ethical standards, my integrity. It's not to talk down about my opponents or to ruin their life and their name and their credibility. They can do that all by themselves. I don't have to put all that out there. I don't have to air the dirty laundry, if that makes sense. So if you were running against Gavin Newsom, since you started off by making it clear you're not necessarily aligned with him. Correct. You you would not run negative ads attacking his job performance? No, he can do that all by himself. And you would not. What about then you've got, you know, here's where it gets ugly for you, right? You're going to get questions. Okay, you didn't run him, but some political action committee 
on, uh, who supports you but isn't aligned with you runs this horrible ad and says he's a terrible father and and he's a hypocrite and he's a drunk. You know, it just right. it, they make things up and then you get blamed for it. And this is part of what makes politics so right. dirty. It it is, you know, and and I'm just me. I'm just who I am, and um, I can't control the actions of anyone else but myself. You know, and ninety percent of what happens is. 90% of it's what how we react to what happens, to the 10% that actually happens. And so all I can do is me and, and stand with my morals and my integrity and my ethical values. And, you know, if other people run things on behalf of me, I will hope that people will align with my beliefs and, and um, who I want to be seen as. But I can't control other people. So Now, 2034, 13 years, will California still be savable? I think we're always going to be safe as long as we're a state and we haven't, you know, broken off of the United States and, and fallen into the ocean. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're still going to be here. Every state is still going to be here. Um, 13 years isn't that long. We're just it's not that far away. It's a huge state. It's it's one of the hubs of the United States. We're not going anywhere. And so, you know, if there are problems that continue to persist, which there always will be, as you know, it doesn't matter on a state or, or federal level. Things will always be good or bad or indifferent. So we can always be better. It just on a personal level, too. We can always be better. We talked about that before the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always having the opportunity to live to a bigger and better potential on a personal level and a political state, politics, federal. So with, um, I don't know if you had to do it with, with the, the utility district job, but when you say you're not aligned with Governor Newsom, how far yet have you been publicly willing to go? Are you suggesting you're a different political party or you just view the way he does being a Democrat differently or are you not ready to pronounce any of that stuff yet? My uh, my seat with OPUD is nonpartisan, so it wasn't whether or not I was a Republican or a Democrat. And I did have this conversation a little bit on my Facebook the other day. And I everything that I share is a public post because I am in the public eye now and um if people want to follow or share or comment good bad or indifferent please feel free to do so and we had this talk too um if you want to comment on my stuff i just ask that you be respectful you can have different viewpoints than i do and that's great i hope you do and then we can talk about it we can debate we can we can have you can open my mind to a different perspective as i hope that you can be open to me doing the same for you um but I did also say that I am a Republican. I'm a registered Republican, and I'm proud to be that. Um, There are many viewpoints that I have that are Republican, but also many that I have that are liberal and Democratic, probably on the social perspective. uh, Look, this is what's so frustrating about this to me, and we talk about this on the show all the time, is it feels so much like people who tend to have Republican or conservative views about the military, law enforcement, taxes, guns. Also, so many of them have what are described as progressive or liberal views on gay rights, LGBTQ mm-hmm. entirely, um, marijuana in many cases. And it's it's so many people feel like there's no place for them to go mm-hmm. because what you have to do is you have to go, OK, well, I care in this example, I care more about my pocketbook than I do about the fact that I have a transgender person that works for me because, you know, um, she might get screwed because I vote Republican. But, hey, at least I'll make some more money. Mm. That's a crappy way to run a railroad, too. Yeah. And and I don't know. How do we massage that part of politics? California is actually a great setup for that, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're, the socially liberal stuff is pretty popular. Correct. And we're clearly an economic mess. Yes. So is that is that where you're hoping to ultimately kind of fall? Yeah, what's interesting, um, I was told 
which is funny. Um, so obviously everybody knows that I'm gay. I'm open. And um, it's just who I am. I came out when I was 15. You know, I have this conversation with people. Um, I don't necessarily blend in visibly. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't care who knows or what people think. So obviously on a social perspective, I have a lot of um, liberal views, right? So, and that's that's my perspective on that end of the spectrum. But um, on a conservative, yes, military and law enforcement supporter, big time. Um, but on the flip side, I grew up in Oak Park, Tahoe Park, part of Sacramento. So I've got a lot of friends and family that that went a different direction than I did. And we're friends to this day, despite the fact that we went different roads. It's all good. Just be a good person. Whatever it is that you're doing, be a good person. I don't care what you look like. If you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, I don't care where you live. I don't care if you got five bucks to your name or five million. Okay, so we can still get along. Again, it's just about being a good person. So as a perspective, well, you are an elected public official, but with much bigger, loftier goals, what is what is your take on what we're talking about with law enforcement reform which was started by the George Floyd incident, mm-hmm. although it's been needed for decades, racial inequality, all that. And we, we've, there's a lot of ideas. You know, we've gone from defund the police, stupid, to potentially maybe some type of agreement from the federal level, which doesn't really affect local law enforcement or it should. And, and I'm starting to lose faith that we're going to get any type of reforms. Are, do they, are they all le- local? Like, is it literally city by city, county by county or is there a way to be able to say to America, we figured out a better way to have this relationship? Well, there's always going to be that separation between state and federal government. So we're always going to be able to run our state independent of all federal laws and, and vice versa, right? So federal comes up with something, then of course state has to conform, but each department in each city can come up with either policies or laws. I think that, again, it comes back to change can be a good thing. So change needs to happen then let's make the, the changes that need to happen. Defunding police altogether is not going to work for anyone. Even when I get out of law enforcement and I pursue bigger politics or whatever I decide to do, um, you know, I will no longer be a law enforcement officer, but I, I know that we need them. You know, we will need law enforcement. Every community needs law enforcement. Can we get better as law enforcement? Absolutely. We always can get better. We, we always train. We're constantly training. This tactic doesn't work anymore. Let's do this one. Okay, what worked in 1990 doesn't work today. What worked yesterday doesn't work today. You know, and so we're always trying to get better. So, But how do you deal with, since you're, since you're in it and it's been your career, how do you deal with the ones that aren't interested in getting better or are resistant to it? Whether you see it, you know it exists out there. Mm-hmm. And especially if it comes under the guise of you're racist and that's why you have to change this, if that's how they hear it. How in the world do we actually soften that to make the needed change without just creating more animosity and bitterness cops aren't going away it's not going to happen people will not let law enforcement become defunded it's it's not going to work that way despite the small handful of people who think that's what should happen (laughs) we're going to be here so let's make us better and if you want to sit down and have a face-to-face conversation with me i'm always open to that i'll sit with anyone and have a conversation let's go back and forth what are your concerns these are my concerns let's get to know one another I'm coming out of uniform and we can get to know each other on a human level. And I need to know what your perspectives are. I'm not black. I don't know what it's like to be a black guy and get pulled over. So let's sit and talk on how we can get better. You know, I'm not going to run a law enforcement agency. I'm going to go bigger. I'm going to go state. 
And hopefully at that level, then I can say I had these conversations and I continue to have these conversations with the people who are scared. And this is how I think we need to get better. When you were on, I think it was the first time when you were on, we, we, we went down this road a number of times and always kept landing on. It's amazing that when you actually do sit down and just talk to somebody, how close you are or alike you are, even though you might think you're not even on the same page. Correct. When you actually have the conversation, which is almost impossible in, in America writ large right now, everybody screams, everybody yells, everybody has their jersey on for their political party or their movement or whatever, and if you don't agree with them, you're just wrong, you're a horrible human being and you need to be canceled and quieted. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be really tough to unravel. Sure. Yes. I don't know where it does. I don't know what it's going to take. Do you have any idea? I mean, this is way beyond what we're here to talk about, but I mean, it's a pretty pretty heady conversation of, of, I don't know what is going to stop this. I'm right. You shouldn't exist. Attitude. What's going to stop it is being open to just sitting and talking and listening. You know, the problem is that too many people do talk, right? But they're not listening. And so I'm interested in the listen. I have things to say, but let me hear what you have to say too. It's not just about me. I don't know everything. I want to be told that I'm wrong. And why am I wrong? So that we can work through it. And maybe I'm not so wrong. Maybe you're not so wrong. Maybe we're both right on some, on some aspects and we're both wrong. So we need to broaden our perspectives and our horizons and just learn about each other. This is why we travel, right? This is why we, <laughs> this is why we go to places that we haven't seen or read books that we haven't read so we can learn and educate ourselves. So why are we not doing that on a human level with other people that we don't know? By the way, just for the record, I travel to get drunk and party and stay up really late. <laughs> but I think yours is really neat, the, the, the motivation that you use. Yeah, huh? So back to talking to people. You mentioned Facebook, and I, I, I follow you on Instagram. By the way, does everybody just find you by searching your name, or do you have anything weird that we need to add in with little hashtags and stuff? No weird stuff, just Lacey Nelson. So uh, how often are you engaging on social media, and, and what are you talking about? Um, I, I'm on there every day. Um, it's it's one of those things now where I, f- I feel like because I'm I'm doing public things and I'm work my my public speaking doing podcasts radio shows and stuff trying to get myself out there on a bigger level I do have to be interactive on there quite a bit um, so people have things to say they want to be heard and again I'm listening so if people are on there and they they have something they want to comment they want to send me a private message let's have an offline conversation that's great I'm open to it let's do it where do you sleep where do you find time for all this oh I sleep I have to sleep <laughs> sleep. I'm, people laugh because I'm asleep by 8.30 at night, you know, so I get everything <laughs> done and then I, and I crash out and I'm up at four. So um, it's just, it's a constant go. And when I hit the ground running in the morning, one of my closest friends said, I bet the devil goes, oh crap, here she is. <laughs> you know, my feet hit the floor in the morning. It's, it's go time. So we've got all this going on already. And then you emailed me that you're now, are we using the title public liaison? Yeah. So um, actually that this is a one of the, my, favorite parts of this segment today is paint sacramento pink and it's a breast cancer campaign started this year there's a gal named shanda pierce and sheree andrew these two women have become such an integral and huge part of my daily life they are my heroes um both of them have had breast cancer sheree was first diagnosed when she was 34 and in october of last year at 46 she was re-diagnosed for a second round and so like most people, I, well, you had a double mastectomy. You don't have breasts anymore. So how did you get breast cancer again? Well, you do. Oh. You do. So, and men get it too, the same way. It grows in the chest wall, not necessarily the breast. So Shanda and Sheree came together and started this campaign to fund the Albioware Breast Cancer Foundation in Sacramento, um, which has been accredited to saving lives. But with COVID, started to fall under. 
Okay, not as many donations, not as many events. Charities got killed. They did. Oh, they did get the killed last year. So Shanda is amazing and is funding. Her and her husband are funding Paint Sacramento Pink, and they invited me to be the community liaison. And so. Absolutely. I love a good cause. I'm all about a good cause. I don't think I knew what I was getting into. <laughs> it's We all started out with this, let's do this little campaign. It's a great idea. Little campaign has now turned into what I think is going to grow into a multi-million dollar business. Whoa. I do. I do think that. And I think it's it's all going to fund nonprofit breast cancer organization, I'll be aware, in order to save lives. So many um, breast cancer stuff is out there to find a cure. And that's great. We need to find a cure. Not enough is out there to pay for mammograms from the get and go with people to their appointments, sit with them, hold their hands, tell them this is what you're looking at. All right, you've been diagnosed. This is what it's, what's going to happen next. This is what this medication is going to feel like or that medication is going to feel like. And so many people don't have medical insurance, as you know. So how can they pay for that $250 mammogram when they've got kids at home? What they're going to do is skip it like we all do. I found something. I don't know. I can't afford it anyway. Kids got soccer. I can't pay for it. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then you're not fine. And then you catch it too late. And then you're a mother and you pass away from breast cancer. That's what we're stopping. We will pay for your mammogram. We'll go with you to your appointments. We'll help you get the medication and the right doctors that won't blow you off. What's interesting is I'm 36. I asked for a mammogram and I was told I don't need it. You don't need it until you're 40. Well, but you mentioned the first girl you mentioned was diagnosed at 34. Correct. What? So why don't I need it, right? So this is what we're trying to we're trying to stop that. And is that now in 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 your case, your did was it your doctor that said you don't need it, or would the insurance company refuse to pay for it, or both? Well, the doctor said I don't need it, and so I just went with it, like most people. Okay, I guess huh. I don't need it. No family history, I don't need it. But we're trying to educate. You don't have to have a family history. doesn't matter how old you are. We have one gal in our group now, Tyler, who's 28 and dealing with breast cancer. She's got a, a child, small child. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your family history. So, you know, I have dedicated a lot, a lot to this campaign. And I cannot wait to see where it takes us. It's going to be bigger than us before we know it. <laughs> so uh, it's already getting big. And so we, you know, we're looking for volunteers. Um, right now we're bringing on some like young college graduates recent graduates and the great thing for those kids is they know social media they have tons of followers they know how to get out into the communities and go to businesses and pass out our flyers talk about our organization and at the end of this year uh, we'll start it again next year at the end of october of this year we'd like to be able to have those young volunteers receive a letter from a nonprofit. That says, thank you for your time, dedication, commitment. And they can use that for a resume for a job portfolio that they worked on this organization in their first year. So if we have anybody out there that's looking for something, please contact me. I'd love to meet with you, have lunch with you. If you have breast cancer, if you're a survivor, if you have family members, if you, like me, didn't know anybody, really, never had experience with breast cancer and you just want to be a part of something bigger and better please let me know let's meet what is the what's the the clearinghouse for people that either want to get more information or maybe they just want to give money what's the what's the easiest way for somebody to just get started in that sense paint sacramentopink.org it'll take you to a link and you can donate there and if you are a business and you would like to have some advertising this is a great way to do that if you're a small business big business for 250 bucks it's a nonprofit, so it's a write-off for 5013C3, I'll be aware. You can write off every dollar, donate, 
and we will hand deliver one of our humongous, beautiful posters. We gave you one. <laughs> um, we will hand deliver that poster to you, take a picture with you, put you on all of our social media saying your business is now a partner with Paint Sacramento Pink and you've contributed and you've donated. So what a great way to advertise. And um, if, you, if you've if you got a business, which most people do, unlike me, that you're actually dealing day to day with customers coming in, that looks great in the window. Sure does. The poster's uh, beautiful. Especially because it's not just breast cancer, which, you know, that's always going to get almost everybody to pay attention, but the, it's local. It is local. And what is, uh, is it just the ethereal message of when you say paint, paint Sacramento pink? Correct. So is that just a, it's a mindset thing or are you going to literally paint the town pink? Or are you going to cover it in pink? We're painting the town pink. Everywhere we go, we want people to see this this poster, our bracelets, our lanyards, cups, hats, everything. We have everything for sale. If you want to buy merchandise, go to that, our website. We have so many great things now, too. So, yeah, we're going to paint this town pink. We're going to have fun doing it. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to turn into paint Dallas pink. We're going to have chapters, paint San Francisco pink. I think if other cities want to get involved in this, contact us. Let's let's work on collaboration. Maybe you can start your own chapter in your own city. That's why I think this is going to take off and be bigger than we think. And, and under this franchising idea, the idea is we've got all these great organizations working on a cure or raising money to work on a cure. Mm-hmm. You're more on, would we call it treatment and awareness and education? Yes. And our motto that's on all of our stuff says no one fights alone. So essentially no one fights alone. So many people go to these appointments by themselves. Can you imagine your mom, your wife, sister, daughter going to an appointment being told she has breast cancer by herself? And many of these women do. They do go by themselves and they shouldn't have to. So we'll sit with you. We'll go. Um, we joked with a lady last week. Um, how many people are allowed in the lobby? Because we're going to have a bunch there for you. So, um, you know, yes, we're going to paint the town pink and we're going to save lives and we're going to pay for doctor's appointments. If you need a wig, we'll get you a wig. Um, all of it. We're going to do all of that. So one of the things we talk about on the show all the time when we start talking about charities is the there are charities out there that are not very reputable and they're not very transparent, and it turns out that the people that are running them are just running them to kind of line their pockets, and yeah, they give some money. Do you have yet the the, the numbers on how much that's donated goes right back to what it, like there's usually a percentage number. Yeah, it's 100%. Every, that, that's impossible. Every, yes. Shanda Pierce and her husband, like I said, some of the most giving people I've ever met, they are funding this entire campaign out of their own pocket, and they do not request a dollar back. So every dollar that gets donated goes into Albia Aware Breast Cancer Foundation for these very appointments. Every dollar. And then what are what are they what are they financing exactly, or what are they spending their money on? Um, so every bit of merchandise that we have, our pop up, anything that we have, we we painted a truck. They have a humongous like box truck that we had a group of um, local female graffiti artists, few and far women, they came out and painted this truck one day, and it's just extraordinary. Everything that we have that we're doing, driving around the community, um, like I said, our website, our Instagram, any anything that we're doing is being funded to go right back into this. So they're not asking for a dollar to be able to buy the products to do this. They're just doing it. All of our posters, business cards, everything. So when, when, people, so when people donate, they can, they can literally feel or know that every dollar they're giving is going towards not buying more water coolers, but towards getting people into mammograms and all the other things. If you donate 250 bucks, every dollar goes to a mammogram appointment, which costs 250 bucks. Okay, that was gonna be my next question. (laughs) You just paid for a woman to get checked. Now you keep using 250, because I wanted to go back to that. Did you say it was $250 for the business poster and the picture and the social media awareness? 
Yes, we yes we would the like one time. One we would like that's a nothing. Minute, that's nothing, and it's a write off. That's nothing. If if a business wants to give us ten grand, please, we'll accept that. Right? We'll come and we'll we'll do the same exact thing. Um, but if all you can do as a business is two fifty, if you're a local trying to grassroots get yourself up business, please. If you're a bigger business and you want to do a thousand, you want to do two thousand, we'll take that too. And every dollar goes back to those appointments. Yeah, but two hundred fifty is not a lot. No, I mean just from a business standpoint, I don't want to demean two hundred fifty dollars to people that are listening. Like, oh, I guess I won't give ten dollars. That's not what we're saying. And we got a five dollar donation yesterday, and we were grateful for that. That's thrilling, right? Exactly. Um, So yeah, I'm glad actually we mentioned that because I wanted to clarify. I'm thinking from a business owner standpoint, two hundred fifty. I mean, I I live in the advertising world. You can't Mm -hmm. get even on social media the kind of Mm -hmm. exposure that you're talking about for that little amount of money. That's correct. But to reinforce the point, people that are just listening, because here's the other thing, I don't know how, and I feel so good for you if you don't, you don't, in your immediate sphere, whoever you are, you can't immediately go, I know somebody who had not just cancer, but breast cancer. Mm-hmm. My mom's sister died of breast cancer. It's like right away, you everybody, this is so relatable. And so mm-hmm. people that are, that are listening are just like, oh my God, I have to be part of this. Five bucks is great. Yes. And and it's a five bucks one time and you can keep giving whatever. So just so people uh, understand all of that. Now, you mentioned the volunteers earlier, too, and, and you focus mainly on the young volunteers that are going out, hand out the flyers, all that. What if there's some 40 year old who wants to volunteer? You're still young, too. Don't say 40 is <laughs> old, Rob. Hey, I'm older than 40. <laughs> you just made me feel old. No, everybody can come out. Anybody can. Because when you're talking you about know? how this thing's going to grow, I think you need to kind of like maybe get a whole bunch of people lined up because yes. you might be, like you said, overwhelmed pretty soon. We're getting there already because everybody that works on this campaign, we're a small team. I think we have eight people in our campaign, on our team right now, and we're all overwhelmed. We all have our own little jobs. We're doing it. We love it, but we're all putting our time and effort in. We all have other jobs and other things that we do. So, or in your case, seven other things that you. Yeah, do. yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> yes, but I mean, um, if you want to, if you're, let's say, COVID got the best of you, and you're unemployed right now, and you want something to do, come volunteer with us. Look, get you out there, and again, this is a way for you to network too. You know, because we're doing pop ups every weekend. We're at we were at the Orangevale Craft Fair. The Palladio and Folsom has become a premier sponsor of ours, so we're going to be at the Palladio quite a bit. Um, you know, just come out. By the way, by the way, yes. not to interrupt. Please do. This is an ongoing debate with with multiple people in my life. Oh boy, is it Palladio or Palladio? I call it the Palladio. But have you gotten any kind of confirmation? Because I've tried, and I can't get anybody who agrees if it's Palladio or Palladio. Well, you know, what we're going to ask now. Okay, we so have our contact. Get over back there. to me. I did. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I interrupt. am going to get back. But to you. you, speaking okay. of the Palladio, Palladio, you you handed me a bunch of stuff here right before we started this, and uh, you've got like events coming up where people. Yeah. Can, what is the scavenger hunt thing? This scavenger hunt is going to be massively fun. So the day before Father's Day, and everybody wants to get out and do something. We've all been cooped up. Come to the Palladio, three to six p.m. It's three hours. Bring your family. It's going to be a hot, fun day. Walk around. Um, have a good time, get something to eat. You get a map from us for $20. So you can buy as many as you want. If you want to buy 10 maps, buy 10 maps. If you and want. if you buy 10 maps really quickly, you're $30 away from paying for a mammogram. That's true. So buy 14. Right, exactly. <laughs> buy 14, pay for somebody's mammogram. Take your maps around the Palladio. Um, we're going to have our signs, our Paint Sacramento pink signs in various places. You follow the map. You check off where you saw our signs. By 6 o'clock, bring back your map, give it to us, and everybody's maps, even if you bought 10, they're going to be entered into a drawing at 6.30. You have to be present, and we're going to raffle off a PS5, PlayStation 5. 
Okay, so the obvious question there is, how the hell did you get your hands on a PS5? Yeah. I had I had people begging <laughs> yes. me at Christmas mm. um, to to use my connections to get one, and nothing's changed in the six months since Christmas. Yeah, I know. We had, like, secret squirrel missions. That alone should get people out. Yeah, they were, like, $1,500 sold third party or something on eBay, and we got our hands on a few. So this isn't going to be the first and only PS5 that we raffle off. So um, I think we just did an Xbox recently, Xbox S or something we raffled off. But the scavenger hunt's going to be a blast. Just come out, bring your family, have a good time. 20 bucks to walk around with your family and potentially win a PlayStation 5. It, uh, that, was, that reminds me, when I first got into fundraising and stuff in my early days in radio, you learn very quickly that there's there are a lot of people who will they'll, – like what we did in the beginning, they'll, they'll hear the breast cancer part of it and go, oh, my God, I've got to get involved. This mm-hmm. this touches me. And then there's other people who, for whatever reason, go, yeah, well, you know, I, I'm busy. I got my life. You know, I, I can't give. I'd love to give. Whatever. What? Oh, a PS5? Yes. 20 bucks and yeah. I got a chance? And and you sometimes it, within the within the organizations, people, you get into an argument of, well, that's not why. But, and you have to step in and go, it's all the same money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're giving it because they really were touched by breast cancer and something that happened mm-hmm. in their lives or whether they're giving it because they want to win a game console. We don't care. We're going to spend it the yeah. same way. The dollar is the dollar. Exactly. It's going to it's going to save someone's life, hopefully. How often are you doing like events like this? Uh, this is our, our a big event we're doing. But again, we're pop ups every weekend. We have our calendar on the website, paintsacramentopink.org. So if you just want to come out to a craft fair, we're doing all kinds of stuff throughout the whole year. Um Recently, we um, made a contact with uh, the Sac Republic soccer team. So one of their games in October, we're going to be standing at the door, passing out our flyers, meeting people, trying to get in with the Sacramento Kings. We had a meeting with them. I think it was positive. Lorraine Fox, her son De'Aaron Fox, plays for the Sac Kings, and her Foxhole Foundation is now one of our our sponsors, too. And she had breast cancer, De'Aaron Fox's mom. So she's been extremely gracious. Um, We're going to be everywhere. So we got Lomans Plaza now. We're just... We are seriously going to be everywhere having a great time. And I want to mention, people have said to me, why is so much focus on breast cancer? There's other cancers, ovarian and all this other stuff. Please understand that's important to us, too. Every cancer needs to be caught early. My aunt died from ovarian cancer, so I don't have anybody from breast cancer, but ovarian cancer. To me, cancer's cancer. Um, if people are dying from a cancer, we need to somehow bring awareness to it all. And I think just because we're focused on breast cancer doesn't mean that we're taking away from others. And I think every one of them now has some level of discussion and awareness because we're doing this. I'm so glad you addressed that because that this comes up every October uh, with the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you get the screams from various factions of, well, when are they going to when they're going to put brown ribbons for prostate cancer or whatever? It's like it doesn't you don't we don't have to pick one mm-hmm. we don't have to get mad at the others that that are that are doing it and and plus if correct me if i'm wrong but just leading in this example women towards better wellness checks mm-hmm. could also accidentally find other cancers that don't have anything to do with breast cancer men too men get breast cancer absolutely so go get yourself checked whether that's your prostate your breast your ovaries whatever you need to go get looked at go get it looked at regularly check yourself know your own body your partner your spouse whoever you're with needs to know your body they need to be able to know the signs and symptoms as well you know um, just breast cancer is the mainstream thing and i think it probably affects more people than any other cancer which is why it's become so big but um, that's okay because we're bringing awareness to it all 
you know, we like pink and pink's fun and the events we're doing, it's for breast cancer, but please just be aware that we're not focused, we're not taking away from the other ones. So we've got everybody basically now conditioned, they can either, they can contact you directly on social media about various things and paint Sacramento pink if they want to give money, if they're a business, they want to find out, if they want to volunteer. Mm -hmm. What about the other side? What if there's somebody who needs your services? What if there's somebody who's like, oh my God, you're talking about my mom. How, Lacey, help me. Okay, so you can send me a direct email, Lacey at paintsacramentopink.org, and I'll get you in touch with Cherie Andrew, and she's our face and our warrior of this year's um, campaign, and she's in her second battle. I spoke about her, and I'll get you in touch with Cherie, and she will get you set up with your mammogram appointment or somebody to go with you or wherever the case may be. So reach out to us either send us a private message on Facebook, send us a DM on Instagram. I don't care how you do it. If you need help, if you need an appointment, please find a way to get in touch with us. What sort of, if any, um, proof or qualifications they need to show you that, oh, I'm, I, is there a poverty number? Is there a hardship story that they have to prove to you? No, there's none. There's none. If you need help paying for an appointment and you have a doctor's appointment or you need one, we're going to get it for you. You mentioned earlier the, this idea as you start getting bigger, paint Dallas pink. So how ready are you? Because like we're kind of popular in various places. I mean, if you mm-hmm. get if you get uh, in social media messages or, or emails that they want to paint Reno pink, are you ready to talk to somebody like right away? So we have our work cut out for us in Sacramento. If you want to start your own chapter in another city, let's talk. I mean, the worst that can happen is, you know, we come up with a plan that you run with in your own city, your own country, town, wherever it is that you are. So let's collaborate. We could tell you how we started, what we needed to start, you know, what it costs for us to get these things going. And maybe you can start getting your own funding and your own stuff going in your city. Uh, That's great. Let's talk about it. Which sometimes that's literally, in my experience, that's the stumbling block is somebody, they either have an idea Mm -hmm. or they listen to this and they get motivated and they get excited and then they go, I don't even know where to start, mm-hmm. but you could at least give them a, a template, right? If nothing else, you, I mean, they, they still got to do all the work and go get the volunteers right. and, and all that. But at least they could have a guide right. and and something to watch and mirror and and mm-hmm. copy even because who cares? We're all trying to do the same thing, right? We'll we'll send you what we've got. Um, this is not a competition. I always I always tell people, and I, I actually got to speak at the Better Business Bureau last week for the women's conference. Thank you for having me. Uh, that was fantastic and. One thing I like to just remind people is that why are we so much in competition with others? Why is this not more of a journey? I'm going to be my best self. You're going to be your best self. I don't need to compete with you. If we're sitting and interviewing for the same job and I go first, I'm going to come out and give you the tips. This is what they asked me. This is what you should be ready for. I'm not in competition with you. It's a journey. If you get something over me, good for you. Maybe you'll be my boss and you can pick me next time. So this is not a competition that we're having with anyone. If anybody wants to start this, we will help you along your journey. When uh, we, we talk a lot about that on the air, the, the, the idea that when somebody else is successful, that there's too many people that try to tear it down, mm-hmm. take it away from them, make excuses, accuse them of cheating. It comes up a lot in the sports world. Tom Brady, right. somehow he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Why? And and people don't ever really have a, a and that one, I always like that example because we're not talking about the best musician, mm-hmm. right? That's subjective. Correct. I mean, we, no, no, we're never going to get people. 
when you have sports, you can just count. Okay, it's this many trophies. Right. Clearly, he's achieved the most. So what is it that bothers you? And it usually comes down to their own shortcomings and envy and inability. And those are all get us into that negative stuff that I that I hate because you're absolutely right. You know, I, I, I want, first of all, if I'm in a competition of any kind, radio, sports, anything else, I want to beat the best. Mm-hmm. I don't want to compete against the worst. Right. So I want to help hopefully foster people to be better is now is this the when you, you mentioned the public speaking side as well what do you is this what you're talking about what are you talking about when you go give speeches so recently i've been doing a lot with youth whether that's you know kids or um, high schoolers even younger but i'm getting into doing college classes and potentially businesses i would love to make contact with businesses that maybe need their employees to have a little bit more motivation and maybe they're just not on the the right path with what the company wants and that is what i'm talking about if we continue to walk around in negative perspectives and negative thought process everything that we think is going to come back to us it, case in point do you ever tell yourself don't drop it don't spill it don't <laughs> drop it don't spill it you drop it and you spill it <laughs> yep. because you just talked yourself into it so if we stop saying don't and we start saying want and this is what I have, I am this, I am that, I'm wealthy, I'm successful, you're going to start living that way. If you stop feeding yourself the negativity and you start feeding yourself the positive, you're going to start living that way. It's a, it's a fact. It's a scientific fact. All right. We can talk about the secret if we want to do, but it's a scientific mental fact. So people need to stop looking at other people and comparing themselves and just try to be better than who you were yesterday. We're no, nobody's going to come out of this thing alive. Right? I remember way back, so, probably before you were born, or, or maybe you were in diapers. I read a, a, a book. I guess they were their original self help books. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the title, title of it, even though I still have it. But what grabbed me was, and I'm, I'm like a teenager at the time, was her point was if envision what this life of success looks like. Like literally take time and envision it. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to have a mansion on the coast. No, no, no. How'd you get there? Right. And then what does it look like? The, the people, the things that you're, that you're going to have in your life, the things that you've achieved, what you're doing. And it was one of the most powerful things to help motivate me because I actually took some time to step back and go, all right, let's be realistic. What is it that I'm really trying to achieve? And I've outdone everything that I envisioned when I was 16. It's perfect. Um, and that kind of positivity is lost, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not it's it's not just the news. It's all media, right? Social media is not a positive place by definition. Mm-hmm. So when you when you first of all when you go out and you you give these speeches, do you, are, is it are, are you getting a fee? Like if a company wants to have you come out and be motivational? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I got bills to pay too, right? Let's let's be real about it. Um, anything with youth? No, no fee. I'm coming out to talk to kids uh, without a fee. Uh, if you ha- if you run a major company, depends on what you need from me. Let let's discuss it, right? You want me to come out for a week and do a seminar? You want me to come out for two hours? Let's talk about what it is that your company needs from me, and I'll come out and we'll make it happen. Um, if it's one on one coaching with some of your and staff or employees, if it's a it's a group thing, then fantastic. But everything that I'm teaching, talking and coaching is things that other people can just do on their own. And that's just changing their mindset. So I don't need you to pay me if what I can give you right now on the air is going to work because it's not about me making a living at this necessarily. Of course, I have bills to pay, but I have a job. I'm always going to make it. What I want to see is our world get to a better place. So, again, it's that vision. It's the it's not just I want this and I want that. It's how am I going to get there? So. In 2034, I'm going to be the governor. I've got 13 years to figure that out. It's not I'm going to wake up tomorrow and run for being the governor. So it's just putting my mind in the right place. Um, It's like a vision board. 
If you have time to make yourself a vision board, I made one when I was in high school and I still have it, <laughs> and 95% of it came to fruition for me. If you don't have time to sit down and make a physical vision board, you need to visually look at every day in your brain, every day, what it is that you want or the things that you see for yourself in a week, in a year, in five years. What are your goals? If you don't have them mapped out, they're just dreams. Start making a plan and mapping them out, then they become goals and then they can become reality. So that's what I say to people. And I'm assuming kids. anybody that's interested in having you as a public speaker for any reason can contact you through all of the various ways we've mentioned it multiple times already. Correct. What? How, how hard do you find it or, I mean, you're living it. You talk about people, they have things they want. They have what they call dreams, but they have no idea how to get there. And a lot of them don't have any desire to do the work of how to get there. And, mm-hmm. and it's not... I do think I, I hate ever going down the generational road because every generation thinks the generation that comes after him sucks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it does seem like this unwillingness to commit to hard work is really, really getting scarce. The idea that I'm on time for my eight o'clock job by showing up at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. which is not the mindset that I was raised with. I know it's not the mindset you live with because we we had a recording session planned for 1015 and you were at the studio at like 930. Correct. And that's the old, you know, if I'm not early, I'm late thing. Mm-hmm. It, it it seems like it's and I, I, I'm, I'm an employer. I try to find people. It's hard to find quality people who want to do the work to get the things. A lot of them just think we're going to give them the things. Mm -hmm. Do you find that? And how do we get past that to get them to even want to do the things you talk about? Of course, we're going to find it. I think that's always going to be the case. And, you know, I like watching those older movies where and I was watching one last night where the the men take their hat off when a woman walks in the room, you know, or they refer to the women by their last name. And there's just that level of respect. Yes, that needs to happen, but it still does. I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we still have fantastic youth out there that are doing all the right things. I know a few, you know, just a lot of the kids that I come in contact with, they're already on the right path. They just want to be more on the right path. I want to come into the communities where the kids have nothing, where the parents have nothing, but are making something out of what they don't have. Because those are where we find our our best athletes, our best musicians, um, the people with life experience. So I don't think that we're losing sight. Our youth are losing sight at all. I think that we're just not seeing them. And so let's make them visible. You know, let's get them more out there. Yes, if you're not early, you're late. So let, let's teach that to them. I, I would love to do that. Let me come speak to your classes. COVID was a hard year. Our kids are struggling. Now that they're getting back to some normal, let's start to motivate them right from the get so that they know this is what's expected of me. This is what's possible. I can make it. I'm a kid that grew up in a 700 square foot house with a single parent and I had nothing given to me. Everything that I have, I love when people say it must be nice. (laughs) It is nice. It is nice. (laughs) I work my tail off for everything. It's not going to be given to you. So let me motivate you to work your own tail off to get exactly what it is that you want. I think no matter where you fall on, on whatever you think about COVID and the way it was managed across the world in the United States, I don't know how you can argue that the, the the most for me scary terrifying horrible sad thing is what we did to the kids mm. and i don't we're gonna have to do so much work to pull out what we did to them socially that the stigma now that they have about strangers mm. and and faces seeing faces that aren't covered germs and everything with the schooling i i think that the the, the next 10 years with kids 
is going to be really difficult and very challenging for us. And I think we're all, I hate doing the whole, we're all in this together thing, but it, it's going to be so much work mm-hmm. to get them where they need to be. I think you're right. I think to an extent you're right. So how do we cut that 10 years down to five or two or three, right? Instead of looking at it as a, as a decade plan to get our kids back on track Kids are resilient. They are more resilient than we will ever be. Yeah, they're like dogs. They, they, they. You're right. They break. They get right back to the moment if we give them the opportunity. That's right. If if we set the standard for them and we set the stage, you, you ever notice if your kid falls? And I don't have kids, but I've been around them. <laughs> if your kid falls and you freak out, they freak out. Right. If they fall and you're like, you're okay, good job, you know, then they're going to be okay too. So they're going to do what they see. They're going to emulate and be what they see. So we need to create that space for them. That's a positive and we're okay. Last year happened and we're getting through it. This is what we're going to do moving forward. That's why I love to speak to kids. They just soak it all up. They really do. By the way, I know people love when I uh, equate kids to animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very popular. Of course. I thought, oh God, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. We we covered, we covered uh, Paint Sacramento Pink. We covered uh, law enforcement. We covered public speaking. We covered uh, the elected office. You're Mm going to be governor. That's right. Is Is there anything we missed? That's going on in La- oh oh and you're getting your doctorate maybe you're, maybe. you're in your masters yeah. maybe the doctorate yeah is there anything we missed in Lacey Nelson's life here I don't I don't I probably I'm exhausted I don't I'm know tired. how you- I'm, like I said my favorite saying I'm already tired tomorrow so, so uh so top of the list is paint Sacramento pink yes. and it's the day before Father's Day at the Palladio Palladio mm-hmm. uh, and tomato. just get to paint Sacramento pink and and if you want to give money if you want to volunteer if you need help you can find Lacey Nelson on all the social media platforms you're on Facebook you're on Instagram correct anything else nope Good. Those are the, the good. That's it. Good. No Twitter. No, t- I can't good. tweet. I haven't oh, figured that out yet. God, I tried Twitter for a year. I, I didn't even tweet <laughs> much. Just being on Twitter, so toxic. Just the minute you start reading the comments, it's oh, like, boy. oh God, I'm growing a tumor. It's like, it's. I mean, you can yeah, feel it. I, it. It's terrible. I can't do it. So uh, Facebook's enough. No, it is. It's, yeah, Facebook's, Facebook's sketchy. You know, I love social media. There's so much negativity, like you said, but why don't we use it for the positives? That's you know what we what try I mean? to do. Just Absolutely. really do the positive things on there that was meant to do. Stay in touch with your family that you wouldn't see otherwise that lives in Florida or whoever and make Ugh. contact with people that you wouldn't. Facebook has allowed businesses to grow. I mean, really, that's the truth. So I can thank Facebook for that. My my personal business and my election was one and growing in part because of social media. So I use it for the good things. I'm good. not going to participate in the negative. Yeah, and that's what I always try to follow, and that's what we try to do with the show as well. Mm-hmm. Lacey, thank you so much for Thanks, doing Rob, this. Thanks, Rob. You bet. Brandon, everybody, thank you. I love coming here. Did you enjoy this episode of the Rad Robcast? Send an email to rad at radradio.com. A new episode of the Probcast premieres anytime Rob feels like doing one.